Welcome to this week's Future Toolbox podcast. We explore the Z to A of life skills, where each letter stands for a topic and essential tool to help you get ahead in life. Meet Jules and Mark, creators of the multi-award winning Future Toolbox, and enjoy their straightforward approach to creating growth mindsets that help people turn their dreams into realities. Whether you're a teen in education, a parent, a teacher, or part of a community group, start creating positive habits from today. Welcome to this week's ZA podcast with me, Jules, and Mark from the multi-award winning Future Toolbox. Hello, everybody. Hello and welcome. Now, this is where we pick a letter from the alphabet and a topic and discuss how you can use our tools to improve your own personal development and your life. So, Mark, over to you to let us know what the letter is this week. Well, this week's letter is J for job satisfaction, which some of our listeners might be thinking, well, how does this fit into self-care and mental health, which is the November theme that we're talking about? But we figured, well, you spend a lot of time at work and this has a big effect on people's mental health because, let's face it, if you're getting up in the morning, going to a job that you really, really don't like, then in reality, it's not going to be great for the way you think and the way you feel, is it? Not really. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners, as well as us, have had those moments or possibly still having it when you are in a job that you really are not enjoying. Yeah, I've read a study that we actually spend averagely 90,000 hours at work in our lifetime. That's ridiculous. 90,000 hours. That's amazing. <laughs> which then equates to just over 10 years, 10 years of your life working. That's 10 years solid, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, wow. Now, we actually wrote in the Z to A of Life book, Don't Get Your Neck Tattooed, there is a chapter called J for Job Satisfaction. And I'm going to pick a bit out of here, which we called in this chapter, Live for the Weekend. So it says, this person, for example, say they work Monday to Friday and have their weekends free. So that's two whole days out of seven days that they get to themselves. Woohoo! Live for the weekend. So if you take that ratio a bit further, it means out of every seven years, you get two years to yourself. Even more scarily, add a naught on the end of that. So for every 70 years of your life, you get 20 spare and you work 50 of them years, dominated each day by your work. And then that's another thing that I read, that averagely in the UK, we work up to 50 years of our lives. Yeah. 50 years. So we're spending 50 years working and we've got 20 years spare. That's just madness, isn't it's it? It's scary. But you think about that. If your job is dominating your life, you're really, really not enjoying that. That's going to dominate the next two days as well at the weekend. Say you work Monday to Friday. You go home on Friday. You sit down and think, right, that's it. Work's finished. You've got to spend Friday evening chilling out. You might get a Saturday to yourself. What do you do on Sunday? You wake up and think, oh, I've got to go work tomorrow. Yeah. Better make the most of the day. And then by the time you're coming to Sunday evening, you're starting to think, oh no, I've got to do that. And what's even worse so now is people don't work nine to five. They take work home with them. They work from home. They work flexible working hours. When I started my first job, I worked literally 35 hours a week. That was it. Five o'clock, you went home. You used to clock in. Clock in and clock out. I remember clocking in, having a job. If we worked extra, you got paid overtime or flexi time. You could take the time off. But your contracted hours, whereas now it's expected, isn't it? Yeah, and it's true. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't really understand the whole job satisfaction thing. For me, I went to work because I needed some money. And let's face it, that's why most people go to work is because you need the money. 
And I remember having an absolutely brilliant job in the travel industry. Loved every minute of it. Always used to be happy to get up and go to work and do over and above. And it got to the point where my children were about to do their GCSEs. And I felt that I needed to be at home because my job had got so big. I was traveling around the country and parts of Europe. So I gave it up. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I gave that up and I thought, this is what I want to do. And then eventually they took their exams and then I started getting back into the world of work. Started off part-time and ended up in a job that I absolutely despised. It took every ounce to get me out of bed every morning and go to this job. It was awful, the worst job. It wasn't just the job, it was the people, it was everything. So I understand the importance of going to work and enjoying your job each day. What was your worst job? Yeah, so I had a job very, very similar where it was so, so tough. It was working in recruitment, in industrial recruitment. So we were sending people to warehouses to work in warehouses. And the job I had started at 7.30 in the morning and finished at 6 in the evening. So it was quite a long day. But then I get to work 20 past 7, 25 past 7, ready to start. And my area manager would come in sometimes and say, you're late. I'd look at my watch and go, well, I'm not late. It's 20 past 7. I'm 10 minutes early. Yeah, but I expect you to be here by 7. And then when you got to six o'clock, you couldn't leave. Well, no, you've got to sit here and plan the rest of your day. And there used to be this sort of culture that you had to work extra hours. Also, we had a mobile phone in the early days where nobody had mobile phones. You're on call all the time. So if a temporary member of staff didn't turn up, the company would ring you up and expect you to find somebody straight away. So you'd have a list that you'd have to carry around with you all the time. And I remember one day going out to get some lunch and queuing in the sandwich shop and I had my area manager ringing me and saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? So just just get my sandwich. Well, you can't have a lunch break today because somebody's not turned up at such and such place. And what I really didn't like was the fact of he could have actually have dealt with that himself because I was out the office, but because he felt he was too important, he expected me to drop everything and run back to the office and sort it out. It was so difficult. It was so much pressure on sales calls, on targets. And one week I was one call short, but I'd hit my revenue target and I got hauled into the office and I got told that this was totally unacceptable. So five months in that job was far too long for me. It was absolutely awful. Sounds horrific. Yeah, like you were saying, I used to get up in the morning full of dread because I didn't want to go to work. (laughs) Really didn't want to do it. I used to feel that way, absolute dread of getting up. I used to play a song every morning to give me the oomph to get in the car and go to that job. So one day I just thought, you know, this is ridiculous. So I set about finding myself another job. (laughs) And you know what? I ended up finding another job that I absolutely loved. And it was working in post-16 education where I was helping young people begin their careers in their chosen field and help them gain apprenticeships. And the best part of this job, irrespective of helping all of those, is I met Mark. You know what, I was just sitting there thinking, I had a job just like that as well. I had to get out of this really horrible recruitment job and I went and found that job myself as well. So, yeah, that sounded really familiar. That was the best bit for me as well. That was the best bit about that job. And I actually remember when... I resigned from that job and the reason that we left there is because we'd started our own business. The lady that had interviewed me and gave me the job, she said, well, at the end of the day, she said, you've got a few things from working here. And I said, yeah, you know, I've learned so many 
different angles to the business that I'm going to be running. And she said, yeah, and you've grabbed yourself a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic, yeah. (laughs) And I'm not saying that that's going to happen to everybody in your workplace, but actually it's very common that you do meet your partners in the workplace. I didn't go there expecting this, but it happened. No, that's the thing. I mean, joking aside from all that, you meet lifelong friendships of people at work. I mean, I still see people that I got their first job for at age 16 and they're in their 40s now. A guy came up to me a little while ago and said, you know what, I will never forget the fact that you helped me on my first step on my career ladder when I was 16 years old. You told me what a CV was. I didn't even know what one of those was or how to go for an interview and you helped me with all those things and this is where I am now. We still hear things like that. A big key thing, just stepping back before that as well, we went from two horrendous jobs, we were doing horrendous jobs, into something that we love doing and that's a big message I would always say to people is if you're not happy with something it's really really difficult just to say right okay today I'm leaving this job and I'm going to that job but it's about looking at ways to make that change make that leap certainly for me I started going around job agencies and thinking how can I find a job how can I get out of here how can I get something that I really enjoy and I started talking to people it took a few weeks to get a few interviews and things like that I remember when I made that decision to leave where I was and go and find something else, I sat down and I thought, well, what is it that I really enjoy doing? And in my job at the travel company, one of the things that I enjoyed the most was when I was training people, showing people how to do the job that they'd been given. I just got an amazing amount of satisfaction out of that. So I thought I need to get back into that because clearly that was something that I enjoyed. And that was when I saw the little advert when I went into an agency for a, I can't even remember what the job title was, but it's something about training and apprenticeships. And I thought, that sounds exciting. That sounds really good. And that sounds like that's going to give me what I want out of a job. And there we are. I was lucky enough to get the interview and then be offered the job. So in our employability workshops that we do with schools, Life Beyond School, they're called, we always use this quote that says, choose a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And apparently the Chinese philosopher Confucius said that. He was a clever guy, apparently. But if you find a job you love, then you don't feel like you're going to work. Now, we run a little... Quiz? Is it a quiz? Yeah. We no, a... it's like a game show. Yeah, game a little show, game show, it? don't we? And it's based on family fortunes. So some of our... More mature listeners on here will be familiar with the game Family Fortunes. But if you're not familiar with it, it's really simple. You go out and ask 100 people, you survey 100 people a question, and then you see if the contestants can get the top answer. One of the questions was, we surveyed 100 apprentices and said to them, what is the most important thing to you in your job? Now, I know you know the answer, so I'm not (laughs) going to ask you to tell me the answer. But what do teenagers, when we're in a school, normally say the top answer is? Well, I'm sure that you guys have probably guessed it, but most people say money. Yeah. You think that the answer is going to be the most important thing is how much you get paid. Absolutely. But what is the actual top answer? Well, strangely enough, the top answer is job satisfaction. You never saw that coming, did you? No, no. Because, yes, initially it is money and everybody does think that that's the reason that you go to work. But once you are actually in work and you realise that the hours are longer than school, the responsibilities are more, everything changes, the money doesn't become the most important thing, does it? Not at all, not at all. So in that survey, 34 people said job satisfaction and 12 said money out of 100. Now we thought, okay, 
we asked 100 people, maybe the survey results are skewed. So whenever we go around and start talking to people in schools, in workplaces, in businesses, we always ask them that question. Yeah. And more people will say, well, what I do, I love what I do. That's yeah. more important to me than getting paid. And just in case you want to know, some of the other answers were <laughs> they enjoyed the responsibilities that they get by being at work as opposed to being in education or in school. Yeah, we had working with other people, the team, so the yeah. lifelong friendships, yeah. or possibly finding a husband or wife there. <laughs> you can't always guarantee that. Can't guarantee that one. And a lot of them said they liked the prospects, the future that they, that job may hold for them. Yeah, where it's going to lead to, and yeah. also what the training opportunities are and what's involved yeah. in that as well. So there was quite a lot really there. But yeah, job satisfaction top the chart and it always will top the chart if you go to work you want to enjoy it and that's why Confucius said choose a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life now I have another quote go on yeah we haven't done enough quotes lately (laughs) I think we need more quotes Thomas Edison inventor and businessman also said I never did a day's work in my life it was all fun now maybe he nicked a little bit of Confucius's quote changed it a little bit but that is really true for us at Future Toolbox I don't actually feel like we do any work. We often say that when we're running (laughs) these courses in the schools or colleges about futures and employability. When we're doing it, for us, it's not feeling like work because we are really enjoying it and we feel that we're empowering people to create their own futures, which is what the Future Toolbox is all about. So, yeah, it's fun, isn't it? It is. It's fun, it's good, it's enjoyable, it's satisfying and we can go away feeling that we've given something back to some people from our learned experience of what we've gone through our employment. Yeah, and I think the more passionate you are about something, the more you enjoy something, the more it's going to rub off on somebody else. Yes, and actually we have a number of people when we're doing these sessions they say, can we come and work for you? (laughs) How many times have we had students ask that or even when we've done it within communities people ask us do you have any vacancies Uh, that's really nice nice, actually isn't it so what are your favorite things that you love doing with the future toolbox i think the favorite things is giving people the confidence and belief in themselves that they can create the future that they want they can achieve their goals and helping them to map that out and how they're going to get there for me and then seeing them do it and achieve either the qualifications or the promotion or whatever it is that they're trying to do. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Another one for me as well is creating stuff. So obviously we write books. Mm -hmm. We've written Don't Get Your Neck Tattooed, which I'm sitting here holding a copy in my hand. And sometimes I look at that book and I think, wow, we wrote that. (laughs) We did. (laughs) So it's actually having something physical there. But then when somebody says, I read a copy of your book Mm. and I took something from it or my son or my daughter took something from it and I'm actually going to use that tool or technique, we know that we created that book to give them the tool or technique Mm. that we've been using in our life. And it's not because somebody's given us a good review. It's all about your own ego or your own self-importance. It's all about that thing of somebody's appreciating what you've done for them, as you say. Yeah, it's the same with the, we're talking about employability, but we do a lot of study skills. So we help young people or anybody that's about to sit an exam, give them different tools or techniques on how to memorise information 
how to revise, how to plan, how to do all of that. And when either a parent or a student comes back to us and said, I use those tools that you gave me and I got a better grade than I was predicted. And I'm sure it's because of the help that we gave them. Oh my goodness, there is nothing better than that. And yeah. that is real satisfaction, isn't it? It is, it is, without a doubt. So how do you get this job that you love? Because sometimes people sit there and go, well, it's all right for you because you do this, you do that, you do whatever. But yeah, we've been there. We've done the really rubbish jobs, like the precious sales calls and the, you've got to stay behind until whatever time to justify your importance. So what was yours again? Well, one of my worst jobs wasn't that one that I left to go to work with the Post 16, was an evening job where I was packing frozen pies I had to do that when the kids were very, very young because we needed that little bit extra money. It wasn't the best job. It was freezing cold. It was winter. There was nothing pleasurable apart from that little pay packet at the end of the week. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Sometimes there is a needs must. But again, you're a classic example of somebody who thought, I've got to dig in and do this. I'm not going to complain and go and tell the boss what I think of them or walk out. I'm going to go and do something and make something in my life and I'm going to work my way towards that. Go yeah, on. and when you are in that position, like we've been and possibly some of you are, when you're not enjoying that job, you haven't got that satisfaction, think about what you've done that day and how well that you might have done that job. It might not be the one that you want to do, but if you've done a good job of that job, you can pat yourself on the back. So, you know, there is some form of satisfaction you can get from it. If I packed all the pies that I was supposed to, at least I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is true. It's like, well done, Jules. (laughs) I'm just going to drop in there a little memory of our recruitment and training days. So there was a company that we used to work alongside and recruit for, and then you go and do the training for the apprentices. And this company was in the transport industry, it wasn't oh, particularly yeah. glamorous. No. They repaired trailers, didn't they, mm. for trucks. These guys would all work in the office. And again, the office wasn't glamorous at all. The jobs were very, very basic. There was a lot of data entry, processing spreadsheets and so on. But we recruited a massive part of the team there. And the thing that these guys loved was the people. First of all, I had a brilliant boss. She was really, really good fun. Every week they would socialise. They would do something social. It wouldn't always be going to the pub, but it would be something that was a little bit of fun in the daytime or there might be an evening out or what have you but the fun team and the simple job just went together because everybody just went to work and looked forward to it that's very true and do you know what i'm going to tell you something else from those people that we gave them their first jobs there four of them actually got married there was two marriages out of the people that met go into that place to work that you you placed there and we trained. Yeah, it's incredible. That's incredible, isn't it? It is incredible. When I said to you earlier, quite often you find your partner in your workplace. (laughs) That's another proof of it. Yeah, it's really, really nice to hear those sorts of things. But this isn't about us. This is about you guys finding what you love doing, finding what makes your heart sing, finding what makes you get up in the morning. And as I say, if you're in the job that you're stuck to or tied to, then there are little ways of looking at making small changes. It's not just about quitting the job and going finding something else. It might be freelancing, setting up on your own, looking at ways of multiple income streams Uh. and looking at ways of making things work for yourself. If you're a young person in school or in education, it's about building your brand and it's about looking at who you are as a person, who you want to become. For example, if you haven't done something yet and you haven't got the experience for it, 
find out somebody who has study them look at them look at the skills that you need to do that and it's not always about a qualification it's not always about a qualification i remember being in a job that i really really loved and i wanted to go further within that company i wanted to develop but they just did not have that opening for me and i actually went and found something else because i realized that that actually wasn't going to be where my future was going to be because they couldn't offer me what i wanted But rather than just sit there and hope it was going to happen, I went and asked what was going to be the prospects, what could be my future. So if you're stuck in a job that you're not sure about, have those conversations because it will help you decide whether to stay because there's going to be the future or think, no, actually, I need to go and look for something else. That's absolutely brilliant advice. I love that. So I'm going to leave you listeners with one more job to go and find some satisfaction in the tools on our website. <laughs> I wondered where that was going. Congrats. That was brilliant. Seamless. <laughs> Seamless. I love that. That's a part of my job satisfaction, the witty comments. <laughs> so yeah, go and find some tools on our Future Toolbox website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. TikTok. Go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to that. And you can also find us on LinkedIn because we are everywhere. We are everywhere indeed. And we look forward to catching you all next week for another episode in this series. Yes. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Z2A of Life Skills with Jules and Mark of the Future Toolbox. Don't forget to head over to their website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk, where you can find lots of free resources, plus a host of books in the store, as well as subscribing to the membership site. Follow Future Toolbox Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Future Toolbox and subscribe to their YouTube channel too.